Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party where uh, I'm so glad to be out of our fancy dress. I'm so glad to be in our casual clothes here in the after party. Brandon, Julia, how did you enjoy our jaunt into this completely eventless, just really placid, forgettable <laughs> kind of gala? I'm still wearing a tie. That... Why? <laughs> I don't know. I thought we were dressing up for this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was told we were going to talk about the new pumpkin offerings from Dunkin' Donuts. So I feel like I've this is like an intervention. I feel like you're all looking at me and waiting for me to address something. <laughs> we'll say the new apple macchiato at Starbucks, surprisingly good. I'm not a big pumpkin fan. I like the apple macchiato. Did you get the Ooh. hot or the iced? I got the hot accidentally. I ordered the ice and they gave me a hot. So I went home and I just poured it over ice and then <laughs> it for a little bit. And it was very good. Maybe that's the secret. <laughs> that might be the secret. That's a true food hack. That might be the secret hack for yeah. the secret menu. I love that you said, I got both. I was got both <laughs> the hot and the ice. I'm like, wow, Julia, that's a power move. My sister literally did do that. She went to go try it and she just got both. Listen, oh, that if you good. can Smart. down that much coffee, power to you. From the Dunkin' Donuts side, I will say that the pumpkin cream cold brew was actually quite good don't get any sugar in it because the the cream when you drink the foam sweet already <laughs> exactly the foam on top you're like drinking the foam and then eventually it will just come down on it so like 70 percent of the drinking experience was very good but then there was a middle 30 percent where you're just drinking dunkin donuts cold brew with no no milk no cream no sugar and you're like uh-oh Oh, I got to do the swirl, Eric. I know the aesthetic is to let it slowly drip down. You got to do the swirl. Julia, you know I'm an Instagram babe. Why would you think I would do that? Well, you take the photo and then you swirl. I'm living my life authentically, Julia. So, And you know what? You really got to keep it Boston sometimes. And that that requires (laughs) drinking black coffee with nothing in it. Drinking black Dunkin', 100%. That's what we call the Jake in my household. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought the Jake was when you walk into a new building and you're like, oh, really well made. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the Jake is when we go to the Starbucks uh, that's on the way to the beach and Jake looks around. And he's like, I don't know how this passed inspection, <laughs> 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 which is a thing that has happened. <laughs> Incredible. Hey, can we keep talking about this and not you guys yelling at me for touching January? <laughs> yes. well, that was the joke I was well, trying to I, say. I want to give everyone the advice that you should buy a 24-pack of pumpkin beer in the last weeks of August for $12. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. A shout out fucking. My, one of my favorite beers is coming back, Freaktober from uh, Coney Island. Brandon, it is Cafe Grumpy Coffee Beans plus pumpkin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good. It's so good. One of my favorite beers. So it's pumpkin season, baby. You know I'm a fall guy. My fucking power is coming back. And uh, I'm just like, I'm out here vibing on it. Oh, this was a bunch of years ago. But I went for Halloween as the king of fall. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know that. I love that for you. <laughs> Were you just a bag of leaves? Well, well, do you remember that Onion article that was like local man really stoked for fall coming back? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. it was one of their no, most one of their yes. one of their most popular articles. Is I don't think I, I got the exact wording right, but it was something like that. And then I added on top of it, I'm the king of fall. I'm gonna wear a crown. So what I did was I wore my flannel outfit that I usually do my black. And everyone is looking up this article. I'm watching the three of them while I'm talking, looking up this article. I'm I'm wearing my flannel and my jeans and my boots, and then I put on a crown and 
Hetty and I, my my best friend Hetty, we took a gold lame cape that we bought on Amazon and then we hot glued a bunch of fake leaves to it. So that's how I was the King of Fall. Now you're asking me, is that IP? And I'd say, no, I just went as the King of Fall. (laughs) So the full title of the Onion article... Is. Julia, you could pretend at least that you weren't just looking it up and not, not listening to me talk <laughs> oh, no, about I, my great I Halloween. listened to your fantastic outfit choices. But now, also... Can you all say ooh and ah at least before you read out this article? <laughs> it was ooh. fantastic. You, Thank you, you. A true champion of the Incredible. People. The full article title is Mr. Autumn Man Walking Down the Street with a Cup of Coffee Wearing a Sweater Over Plaid Collared Shirt. And that was me. <laughs> That's very good. Delightful. That's from 2012. Hey, Eric. Should we... Ooh. Ah. ah. Ooh. Mm. That's for uh-huh. you, buddy. <laughs> we can make a little soundboard of listening noises. Ooh, I was I did was paying attention to you. I was listening to you talk. Ooh, ah. Should we now talk about the mortal peril of all people we love in Lake Town City? No, let's just talk about fall. I don't <laughs> want to talk about the other. Let's talk about it. Eric's on trial. That's quite true. Brandon and Julia, what are his crimes? What did you love and hate about this gala? Well, we know his main crime, the chief crime, the, the number one crime, yeah. is you threatened our sweet baby rabbit boy. Rabbit How rabbit. dare you, sir? I did it. I'll do it again. Oh, how <laughs> could you? No remorse. <laughs> I would love to talk about how you saw the gala because I'm like, I have all these notes here and I'll talk about them and everyone asks the questions because I feel like the idea of the gala was like, Amanda was like, what if we had a gala? And then the, and then all the players were like, yes, let's have a gala. And I feel like I made it and then you interacted with it and then some shit happened. So I'd love to know from your all perspective how you felt about that and like what are things that you were surprised by and then I can come in and tell you how it came together but I would love to know like from your perspective what happened so it's really interesting for me re-listening to these episodes because I remember going into the gala with a game plan and it was Val is going to be on the bottom floor the whole time watching out to make sure nothing goes bad with Dez and the containment tubes and the spray gun and stuff like that and then almost immediately that went to shit (laughs) (laughs) And I blame rolling so well on, what was it, perception or investigation or whatever, and spotting the sommelier, because yeah. then yeah. that took me off the first floor, and I feel like that's when just Val was everywhere all of a sudden. And I was like, what is happening? Even, <laughs> even I was like, what is happening? No, go back to the bottom floor. <laughs> they just wouldn't. Hey, here's a fun thing. Uh, sometimes give punchy people other shit to do so they can't punch. That's a DM <laughs> tip for you right there. God damn it. I rolled more perception and investigation checks than I think Val ever has in yeah. any any setting. I think the entire campaign Val has rolled less perception checks and investigation checks than this past two episodes. Eric, I'm looking at the D&D rulebook and it, it says don't do that. It says give, give punchy people <laughs> punch. Let me punch. Uh, you you punch as well, but you know sometimes the shit catches your eye. I'll I'll go off, but yeah, what is it? What did everyone else think? I have two main thoughts. One, I need to know where and how you practiced that voice of the rich clone boy. <laughs> <laughs> you found like a fucking Richie Rich impressionist. And then two, I just want, and I think I speak for the entire audience when I say, why do you hate Milo's love life? 
I want to say I was a hundred percent taken aback that you were flirting with Wendy. That was well, you, after well. you rejected me from January. After you rejected me from <laughs> Doctor Morrow, the Night of Mirrors, the Night of the Mirrors. Night of, yeah, the Night of the real OTP is Milo Night of Mirrors. <laughs> Um, and Dr. Morrow still thinks Dr. Morrow thinks you're great. Dr. Morrow just also hooked up with your dad. So it's a little weird. The relationship's a little weird. Yeah. I was 100% surprised that you flirted with Wendy because Wendy to me, uh, this is all for you, all your Super Smash Bros heads out there. You know, when Kirby sucks up Mr. Game and Watch, and then Kirby looks like a totally different sort of art style where it's just like, totally matte black, no lines, and then just white holes for eyes. That's what I was imagining Wendy as. And I'm like, this is just some person who's here and is very overwhelmed by the situation. And then immediately, famous superhero walks up to her and is like, hey, you want a heist? And she's like, are you actually secretly a bad guy? Like, I, <laughs> I intentionally made, like, the, when I, you know, when you're writing NPCs, you just write down, a, I, for what I do, I write down a few qualities about them. And... I'm like, oh, nervous. Like, nervous is what I'm going to go with Wendy. So you caught me, Eric, and Wendy off guard by talking to them about this. And then it just so happens that you're, uh, listen, the dice tell a story. And the story is the shadow magic from Killanova sets off the shadow magic from Wendy. And then we have a problem, Yeah, which that was very funny. You did describe her as being in a Sarah Jessica Parker Sex in the City outfit, though, so I don't blame Milo. <laughs> Bo- bottom half, it was bottom half fashion tutu. It was very good. That's a great outfit. Look, Milo likes vibes, you know. <laughs> someone, yeah, someone fucking cross stitch that. Put it on a pillow, please. This is this is truly the one downside of podcasting is you can't see my wink and nudge when I say heist. <laughs> <laughs> You can describe your wink and nudge for the podcast. <laughs> I don't think so, Julia. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I rolled a charisma in her head, and she's like, what are you doing? Do you actually want a heist? I don't I don't know. What, what do you mean? It's highly relatable. I, for one, was very surprised and delighted by the number of new people that we met. I figured mm-hmm. this would be an opportunity for you know a lot of people from around Lake Town City that we'd interacted with to come to the fore, but having new folks there was very exciting, and I think- sort of high stakes and deciding like are you friend are you foe do you think i'm your friend do you think i'm your foe and you know obviously having a science gala especially for the record guys i was against the trash being there and lo i was right uh, so <laughs> that was highly highly nerve-wracking i don't know that the trash so far in the episodes that we have we have put out i don't think the trash was really the problem it was more the people coming and the kidnapping. trash you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the, the bad guys, the, the human the trash. trash. That is definitely true. I, I guess I, yeah, we haven't really answered this question in the show yet, but the fact that Muncher was coming toward it definitely made me think that there was some kind of like, you know, this was obviously a sitting duck kind of target for a supervillain. Sure. And I feel like the items may have made it worse. But that's, you're right, like that's not a definitive fact in the show or or in the plot yet, so. But then I wouldn't have been able to do my good rain thing that's the smartest thing i've done create and then destroy water was pretty outstanding not gonna lie and i got to stretch 
That's true. Finally, multi-tool gets to stretch, not just down plumbing pipes, yeah. but in fact, in general, multi-tool gets to stretch. But speaking <laughs> of all those NPCs, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for them? And I, I love how specific your outfit descriptions are. I just incredibly <laughs> enjoy them, and I would love to know where you get your outfits from. I yeah. need to know everything about my good girl, Lou, and also Room. Yeah, Absolutely. Please. I. I'll talk about inspos and all that. I'll start with fashions. Sometimes you just Google, you just Google cool shit. Uh, <laughs> honestly, shout out to Variety, shout out to the Hollywood Reporter, and all those places that call all of those good outfits together. So I was able to like pick them apart. I kind of just Googled, I think, like 2021 Grammys or 2021 Oscars, and just saw what people were watching. I panned all over the fashions to try to find interesting ones. Cause there were also inspirations that I didn't put specifically. I also really like watching award shows. So there were some people that I knew specifically like Carrie Mulligan's giant ass dress. I knew was something that I wanted to put in this gala specifically. So I just, I kind of noticed a lot of that. And I'm like, some of those things were, were put in the back of my head. I also said so there's something that I did for Aunt Min. If you look up the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, I think has like a fashion Institute has, yeah. uh, the or the Fashion Institute in the Met has a database. So I looked up just some stuff specifically for that. Like that's where I got Ann Min's giant pashmina was from the Met's big uh, database there. Honestly, I'm not very good at describing fashions. I think that's the problem is that I don't know how to just like come up with shirts. I don't know if you can tell. I also don't know how to describe pants very well. So I always <laughs> just do like shirt, hair, shoes. <laughs> Because I'm like, they're wearing jeans. I don't know. So I very much like having a visual reference for me to pull from. But you should totally do that. And then send it. Well, I know it's a little different because it's a podcast. But like in your home game, just send people the photo you're talking about. Yeah. Definitely helpful. Yeah. Who who do we want to talk? Who do we want to talk about? Uh, Ooh, I, I, I want to hear about Lou. Carrie Mulligan. Lou and Room. <laughs> I, yeah, I also made up Carrie Mulligan for the podcast. It's my own IP. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Lewin Room. That was inspired by Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is one of the most interesting things to come out of comics in the last few years. It's also kind of like a kid's book, which I thought was really interesting. It's geared towards younger readers. And that was just like a really interesting thing. Like there's the the archetype of small person, large battering ram. And I wanted to put that into our show. And I thought the most interesting way to get in there was through that. I wanted to have a mushroom man. I thought a mushroom man made the most sense. I thought of that. I'm like, that's that. Of course, like there needs to be a mushroom that gets so irradiated. It becomes real. And I wanted to put that in and having the smartest person in Lake Town City be a 15 year old was just very fun for me. And uh, listen, I love a, I love a, a chonky boy who goes and eats all the crew today. He has my entire heart. He's a good lad. Well, and speaking of, here's a good question from Juiced CBOS on Instagram. How basically you plan the gala sequence? Like it's so intricate. How did you know and keep track of who would attend, where they would be, that kind of stuff? And then they add, do you think playing the time loop helped you in comprehending some of these really big structures with lots of moving parts? Yeah, it was very similar to the time loop. I like doing this more than setting up fights, honestly. Because I like having a lot of different people in a lot of different places. And if you interact with them or you roll high enough on perceptions or whatever, then I get to trigger that accordingly. So I would much rather have been like, I want to go to level four than like trying to remember everyone's legendary actions and all that stuff. So I, I it's very fun for me just to do that. Uh, a lot of this stuff was built off of the things that happened in previous episodes. 
For example, putting Dez in the actual gala was something that you all talked about ended up being important. The interactions that all of you had in different places triggered different things. For example, let's talk about the roof. The Obviously, the entire time you all yelled at me and you said, obviously someone's going to go through that fucking skylight. <laughs> like, that's definitely going to happen. But like, how? Why? Who? was always something that was going to happen and I was waiting on. I thought it was going to be multi-tool because it's fun. <laughs> exactly. There is a, there is 100% an opportunity for someone to fall through the skylight because something that I put in there was that Painkiller Larson and Big Jeff, this is how they got in there. They were jumping from roof to roof and then barreled in there at the right time when they were triggered to. So tough stuff was up there after multi-tool like peer pressured her Wrecked into her staying shit. up in there and wrecked her shit and made her feel real bad about herself. Uh, necessary, but definitely happened. So she was up there and like in my head, Wyvern was also looking around being like, it, Wyvern was doing like the anime boy intro thing where he's like, oh, I'm running late. I need to get there. And then he flew there while holding like a cup of coffee in his hand and he, like, <laughs> like by tightening his tie. And he saw that that was happening, and that's why the two of them fell in through the roof with Painkiller Larson, who was more prepared because this was a organized heist attempt. So that's, like, one particular thing. I'm like, that might have been different, and there was also an opportunity for you all to go through the roof if one of you went on the roof. Makes sense. So that's how the, that's the kind of stuff that how that works together. Is like, I'm waiting for a trigger, and then it will get triggered because I say so, or it will get triggered because you say so. Everything around there is like you set up yes and or no if situations. So what you're saying is, by me rolling low, I'm saving everyone's ass <laughs> by not getting attacked. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think this is another great example of you planning moving parts that happen even if we're not there to trigger them, Eric, which I know is like a big thing for the whole campaign as a whole, but also happens in the more minutia, like events of the night kind of thing. And I really appreciate that as uh, your DMing ability. Thank you. I appreciate that. I guess I want you all to feel like the choices you make matter both in a positive and in a negative way and you might not see them but i want you to know that everything you do a hundred percent matters and i need to even if i'm tweaking a knob to the left or to the right that is a hundred percent a choice for example let, let, let's talk about this kelanova's nat one holding two cosmos right <laughs> then that directly has ramifications brandon continues to roll low doesn't see other things, causes trouble in a different way, which then triggers the triplets as it's happening. And then we have Mac and Maxie and Mason. See, I wrote it down and I remember the names. Eight. Now all of them are running around and that becomes Volcani's problem in a different way. Mm. And we then learn something new about Wendy. I don't remember if I said this later, but we figured this out through play because Brandon rolled on his wild magic table. That became thing is that Wendy can't control her powers. That was something we figured out, a character beat we figured out through play. And I thought it was interesting that Shadow triggered Shadow because, Brandon, you rolled on Pass Without Trace, which is canonically Shadow, Shadowy based, right? So that all had ramifications everywhere. And I thought it was fun. That's why I do see both D&D and this podcast as episodic. Like, I need to know yeah. what happens in the previous episode to figure out what happens in the current episode. Was her not having control of her powers, that was like a direct result of the table? That wasn't something you had already put down on her NPC? 
chart is what you're saying? No, I knew that she was nervous and I knew that she was new, but I didn't know necessarily if she lost control of them in dark corners. Julia, we talked about this right nice. after. That was in that was my hero academia inspired. Mm-hmm. But that also has like ramifications for the campaign in general because yeah. now we have people who have superpowers who might not be able to control them and there's no like process in which someone can teach them how to use their powers. And I've been thinking about that like since that kind of character reveal has happened. I'm like oh, no, we're going to have to have, like, a Academy X Xavier school for gifted <laughs> people to like, teach people how to use their powers at some point. Yeah. I would love a, a future jump where we're all just professors from now on. <laughs> hey, that might be a, a time. We could just do that as a one-shot. We'll slot that. We'll have a canonical one-shot where you're all older and you're all teachers. Or maybe I'm your – you guys are young students and I'm the te- I'm you. Ooh. That could be Ooh. fun. You become MVCs? Then I get to be Milo? That'd be fun. Oh, no. Too uh, dangerous. Too dangerous. Pull back. Pull back. Uh, but yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, that w- that's like a big theme of the entire campaign is like people not getting the skills from the pre-earlier generation because yeah. they're not able to help you. Eric, here are two questions that come with a compliment, so fucking deal, okay? <laughs> this, is from, this is from Bray. How do you consistently come up with such good shenaniganry? Do you have a big old document somewhere with all the little twists and turns, mostly improv or a mix of the two? And then Maya similarly says, did you always plan, Eric, to tie in smaller parts to the main plots, or are you just an improv genius? I was so impressed with how the villains from the encounters came back in major ways. Did you always plan that, or did you see an opportunity to bring them back at the gala and ran with it? There is some who can say, I'll, I'll say Yael's question first, there are some who can say in this, but there is a reason why these villains are coming back. I think this is also a fun thing why I like the entanglement so much, is that something that in, just because they're in the entanglements doesn't mean they're in canon. So I get to pull them in and now Painkiller Larson is one of our favorite villains who keeps showing up. His original, remember his original thing on the encounters table was running an MLM. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so he's just a guy in a stagecoach. Yeah, and Aggie defeated him yeah. using uh, what was it like a park permit? Yep. Yeah, and now he's like, and now he has like a cool gun, and he with a rattlesnake attached, and he's he's wilding out. Eric, I don't mean to correct you. Painkiller Larson is not our favorite villain. It's Big Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. That was literally what I was going to say at the exact same time, Julia. <laughs> you can't have one without the other, you know. That's true. They're, they're, they truly are. They truly are a pair. We love a big animal lad. I'm, I'm we, we the do. Party. We do. That's true. So I will say that is something intentional. I do bring back villains and tie, try to tie everything together because it's a city and everything is pretty small. In terms of Bray's question, how do I come up with good shenanigans? I want. I want to entertain you all, both the audience and the players, mostly the players. <laughs> I hope. I'm sorry that it hurts your heart, but I just want you guys to have fun, and I want to surprise you. You know, it's performing and I want my audience, whether it's the audience themselves or my players to laugh and gasp. I think that's what's come down to. I'm glad you're having a good time. I don't know how to say I don't know how to say I'm great. I, like, I don't know what you want, I don't know what you want to say. I do. You're this great. I you know how to do it. Got it. Yeah, tell me. I don't know. I just, I, fucking Brandon, you fucking roasted me. Thanks. <laughs> Yael also asked something that I would love to know. Is there anything that characters could have done in setting this night up or putting things together that would have prevented a heist? Is there a parallel universe where we all just had a nice party and had fun? Let me flip that on the players. Now that you've seen what happened, would you like to, is there something you wish you had done? And maybe I can illustrate maybe how they might have changed some things. Like, let's do a, let's do a Marvel Presents What If on what if? this. On, Milo on is this. a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Milo is British. <laughs> I wish I had stayed on the bottom floor because I wish I had been more active in the fight and what yes. ended up being Threadbare trying to pull people into the portals, I guess, the holes as you called them in the episode. So yeah. I think yeah. that might have shortened the process if I was there to physically halt those perhaps for sure i also kind of regret not like keeping a closer eye on aunt min because it seems like she was one of the first people taken and i'm curious about that for sure yeah you would have done the stuff that kilanova ended up doing that would have been a different interaction going round two with munch or someone who you already knew Uh, i will also say yeah let me just tell you because i realized i didn't do a good job yeah the yarn guy's name is threadbear that's not a spoiler i (laughs) but if you want to know people were calling him mr yarn or the yarn guy his name is threadbear you can that's an exclusive for you those of you listening to the after party yeah when you (laughs) dropped that kind of finale end scene and we listened to it for the first time i think i yelled at you on slack being like threadbear is such a good name eric (laughs) How dare you? I realized I didn't say it in the episode. I only said it in in that. So that's who we're talking about. Threadbare is the Arn guy. For me, the location was a huge variable. And I feel like if we had been able to use the museum or maybe a location we've been at before, then potentially we could have done a better job at defending it. I also just now kind of ran through my head like, oh, why didn't we think about asking for any sort of like anti-magic or like protective tech? But then... That also would have, you know, theoretically prevented us from using our powers to get back at it. So, you know, ultimately, it doesn't seem like we could have prevented the heist or the encounter altogether. But that was kind of where where my brain went originally. Mm. It's also it was very clearly more organized than I think we suspected at the front. Totally. Heist. And uh, I think that made it more difficult because we didn't know what was coming and how organized these villains would be. It'd be one thing if it was just Painkiller Larson and Big Jeff. Yeah. But the fact that they were all working together. <gasps> mm. Yeah, I think if we had been like suspicious of this gala, which I don't know why our characters would have been, then like we could have done more like intense background checks on the guest list and checked everyone out and did the equivalent of a power metal detector as people entered or something. But <laughs> I don't know why we would have done that. So, But as Amanda likes to always put out, no one suspects the workers in a place like this. So we probably wouldn't have double-checked Threadbare and he still would have gotten in. Yeah. I, I heard that social engineering is the best form of hacking. That's I mean, the, the line confirm. I couldn't remember. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> is Threadbare also a tiny bear made of yarn? Ooh. Who can say? Brandon. Hey, man. Hey, come over. Hey, Brandon. Can, can, you, can I talk to you over here? Over yeah. here? Yeah, come over. Can I tell you? Can I pitch you this? It cute. Yeah, it real cute. Interesting. I think that's the ship name between Threadbare and Big Jeff. Big Jeff. B E A R. (laughs) Um. Yeah. No. That's very funny. No. Sorry, Brandon. He's not a. He's not a big bear. I know, I know he isn't, but is there also a superhero villain or or superhero sidekick named Threadbare Two? Tiny Threadbare Two. Like Ratcatcher too. I think if he had gotten splashed by the waters of time, that's what would have happened to him. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. In mm. in the animal version of of Lake Town City of Join the Party, <laughs> there is a hundred percent a animal universe. Oh, there's another one shot. There it Uh-oh. is. It's Uh-oh. the animal one. I want to talk to Julia about something specific here. Let's talk about let's talk about the triplets. Let's talk about the multitude triplets. Uh-huh. Uh, how did you feel about those charisma checks? Because I wanted to be very clear that this was not enchantment. 
This was someone making you do something. And, like, I didn't want you to be forced to do it, but I thought it would be interesting that, like, you have a citizen in front of you bothering you and like are you going to help them or not and it was like you could have you 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 ended up doing that but you could have ignored them and saw what happened there and it was very important for me to keep all the names straight but uh, i wanted to know how you felt about that and then eventually one of them trying to chloroform you so i think the way that i justified failing those charisma roles in my head is one this person is extremely persuasive and yeah. two Val's on the lookout for trouble anyway. If someone is missing from the party and there might be something nefarious going on, I think Val would have investigated because that makes sense. If something is like gone astray, Val wants to figure out what it is and potentially stop it before it's a problem. Sure. So I I didn't feel like I was like compelled to do the things that Mason was asking me to do. When it started getting weird and someone tried to chloroform me and then told me to sh- go to sleep, that's when I was like, actually, fuck this. And it didn't strike me as unreasonable or suspicious either. I was like, I mean, okay, obviously we'd rather have Val, you know, available for fighting, but this makes complete sense that they would go, you know, investigate a citizen in need. Right. Yeah. And we were kind of all clumped together at that point i think you two were in the side dealing with the mushroom problem and i think i was on the first no i had just gotten off the fifth floor to yeah. see if emily slaughter was around because i wanted to blame her for the sommelier being there yep either way i didn't want to like come join you guys again because there was five floors where trouble could be happening so kind of spreading out made sense totally and this was also a way that i could investigate several floors quickly to see if there was a problem for sure cool the only thing that like gives me a little bit of solace on that because it's just like DD is not well structured for npcs making roles on players it's only the other way around mm-hmm. so but i'm like well this person's going to use their action to try to persuade volcani and i'm like julia please would you would you honor this if this was happening in play but it is very difficult i feel like it's like the dm is telling you you have to do that but that's not the case so that's why we rolled the the competition it's always a competition right and if they had asked me to do something entirely unreasonable something that wasn't help me find my missing sibling then i probably wouldn't have honored it because it was sure. if it was like hey come to the roof and then jump <laughs> off i wouldn't have done that obviously you know uh, well julia i rolled a 25 so you have to jump off the no. <laughs> <laughs> just like the guy tried to chloroform me it doesn't matter how high you roll i'm not convinced <laughs> that oh this will be good for me Shh, go to sleep go to sleep <laughs> speaking of uh almost flying is wendy's name a reference to peter pan we played this game about a month ago i just realized this yesterday <laughs> yes yes it is damn it <laughs> i think you said it it's in, during I don't, maybe it wasn't on mic, but you said it at some point, and I was like, yeah. "What?" I yeah, I did. I said it right before the episode after this. So I'm like, "Hey, just so you guys know, um, this is a Peter Pan reference." <laughs> and I think Brandon also in that voice said, "What?" what? <laughs> and Ben Hoover on Insta would like to know a little bit more about our dragon intern. So for anyone who did not listen to Fantasy Party, tell us a little bit about Wyvern. Yeah, Wyvern is a cool teen. He just graduated from the Magnet, and he he's just out here trying to do this. His only powers are the dragon wings. Which is very funny. I find superheroes whose powers are only flight very funny. (laughs) Like, you can't do anything else other than fly, which uh, you need, like, super strength and flight, which is why I love him so much. 
In terms of like race and class and stuff, here's the fun thing about NPCs. You don't need to assign them a race and class. They can just be numbers. They can just be stats. So I didn't actually base him off of anything. He's kind of just like a charismatic dude who can fly. Like kind of like if you were to take a Aarakocra from the monster manual and go from there, that's kind of remember, you don't have to assign classes and races to NPCs that you have. You could just you could just tell people you base them off me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, charismatic little little teen, little cool teen who, who has wings. Uh, that's Brandon. Mm-hmm. Listen, I still remember in that live show, and I know the live show is not canon. Pretty sure he breathed fire at one point. He rolled a nat twenty <laughs> and breathed fire. So maybe he just had the burps after a Red Bull. Maybe. I think if I I had to roll, I was not originally going to give him fire powers, and I think I rolled nat twenty, and he surprised himself. Yes, and, 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 and breathed fire. So in my head, he didn't have those powers but you only summon them after encouraging him through work so maybe he can over time but at <laughs> in the party he did not have fire powers okay i really just loved that moment when you were like you fundamentally <laughs> misunderstand my power or maybe i do <laughs> <laughs> i do have a suspicion that we have a uh, a class or subclass that the hive is based off of yes the hive is actually uh based off of a cleric build Ooh, wouldn't yeah. guess that. Yeah, I really like clerics. I think clerics are really interesting for those of you looking at magic users. I know that there's a religious connotation to it, but you can change that and do whatever you want. But like the fact that they can do melee damage and do magic, I think is really powerful. So I made them like a like a life cleric or a light cleric. I don't remember which. I was I was using that class to NPC thing that I use all the time. But I'm like, yeah, he has B powers, which is why <laughs> he healed Wyvern by building a, a little hive for him for as a his arm is in the like in a hive sling. That's so cool. Very cool. So I just I wanted to throw a healer in there and I wanted to use bees to do it. And you said you bees. weren't aware of the Marvel guy Swarm, right? Is that a thing? Does he do that? He's a swarm of bees, and his name is Swarm. Oh, he's actually a swarm of bees. Though. He's actually a swarm oh, of bees. Oh, yeah. 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 In, a, in a human Forgot shape. about this guy. Yeah. No, I did not know about him. I That would have been like maybe Swarm. If I was doing like a Swarm Keeper Ranger, you are bees. There's a character on Friends of the Table right now who has like deep apiary powers who is made out of bees in the that same way. But <laughs> I wanted yeah. to have someone who could control bees. But Hive's a guy. And Hive bees. is a dude who yeah. loves bees. Like there's a lot of like, <laughs> ur- um, because I live with Amanda, there's a lot of <laughs> urban apiarist content comes through our household. And <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. that was the thing that I was thinking the most of. Like he lives somewhere in Lake Down City and has a bunch of bees on his roof, like a bunch of hives on his roof. And then he uses, that's like his hive. Bees. Bees. Yeah. Also saying bees is so much fun. Well, I'm going to go back into the kitchen and get us a refill on our chips and dips and guac and all that. But really, I'm going to be refreshing my Instagram feed of all the urban apiarists I follow. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm going to actually, I'm going to go get some bees. <laughs> I mean, in our fantasy of the house where we're having this after party, I do already have bees, but they're sleeping. Sleepy bees. Don't wake up the bees. I won't. I'll be right back. Okay. Hey, it's Amanda. 
I've spent the last several mornings taste testing pumpkin pastries from different coffee shops near me, both local ones and the national chains. And there is something about leaning into the maybe corny aspects of seasonality, of like the exciting stuff that's coming for the new seasons, whether that is uh, smells or tastes or different things that you might wear or different routines that you might have or switching from your iced coffee to go cup to your hot coffee to go cup that just really give the year shape and meaning. And I love them. Welcome to the mid-roll. I forgot about that sweater. Thank you to all of our patrons, especially those of you who joined us recently. Sovereign, Rosie, Charlie, Rick, and Aiden, thank you. Your support, along with our other incredible patrons, is what makes this show possible, and we could not do it without you. If you want to support Join the Party, get access to all kinds of excellent bonus content, and join the best place on the internet, that's our patron-only Discord, you can do it at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. And we may or may not have some new stuff brewing for our patrons, so you should get on that Patreon train now so you can get it as soon as it drops. If it were happening, theoretically, you know, t- totally it's, it's possible and not at all likely. We've been working very hard on a new project. Anyway, yes. Check out the other shows also that are part of the Multitude Collective. I think that you would like Next Stop. This is an audio sitcom written by Eric Silver, directed and edited by Brandon, executive produced by me, and casted and assistant directed by Julia. It is all about the turbulent time of your mid to late 20s when everyone's changing around you and you worry that you might not catch up. Across its 10-episode first season, Next Stop follows three roommates' trials through work, relationships, friendships, and more. We watch them grow together as a unit no matter what life throws at them, kind of like a D&D party. And for those of us who grew up watching classic sitcoms, there's nothing more comforting in times of stress and upheaval, but Next Stop is solidly 21st century that gives audiences something to laugh at without punching down. Best of all, season one is complete and you can marathon it in its entirety. Just search for Next Stop in your podcast app or go to nextstopshow.com. We are sponsored this week by Inked Gaming. Inked is a company built by and for gamers and has been at the top of their game supplying their customers with world-class products ever since they first launched way back in 2011. That's 10 years. Happy birthday, Inked Gaming. From playmats to dice bags and sleeves to dice themselves, they are your one-stop shop for quality gaming gear. And because all of us are individuals and you might not want stuff that's like the other gamer, they make stuff that makes it easy to customize the way you play, all easily, affordably, and ethically. Because all artists and creators featured on Ink Gaming receive a commission from products sold with their work, which I can tell you is not the standard everywhere. It's rad. And as part of their sponsorship of this episode, Team Inked has given us a special 10% off discount that we are passing along to you. Just head over to their site at inkedgaming.com slash join the party, pick out some items, and when you're ready to check out, use the code join the party to receive 10% off your order. That's inkedgaming.com slash join the party and use the code join the party to receive 10% off your order. We are also sponsored by Quip and I am always here for technology to simplify my life. A couple years ago, I got a like battery-powered continuous spray bottle so I can hold down the switch and spray all my plants in a few seconds. It is so much more satisfying and efficient than a regular spray bottle. I know it sounds so minor, but every time I've used it in front of another plant aficionado, they're like, oh my God, where'd you get that? It makes a big difference. And that kind of technological simplification is what Quip has done for toothbrushes. This is the deal. They have a sensitive 
sensitive sonic vibrations, giving you an effective clean that is also gentle, useful, because my dentist told me that I was brushing too hard. And I was like, what do you mean I'm an overachiever? Um, yes, it was true. They also have a built-in two-minute timer, and it pulses every 30 seconds, reminding you when to switch sides and clean your whole mouth evenly, because up to 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. I just really want to make sure I get to the back of those molars, you know, so I think I, I might over-focus on those. It, it happens. And their multi-use travel cover works both as a stand, mounts to mirrors, and slides over the bristles to pack and protect your quip on the go. It's so helpful to declutter your sink or cabinet and makes traveling with an electric brush much easier. There are no wires or a clunky charger, and it runs three months on a single charge. So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash join the party right now to save $10 on a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush. That's $10 off a Smart Electric Toothbrush at getquip.com slash join the party. That's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash join the party. Quip is the good habits company. And finally, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there is something preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness, like maybe uh, one of your coworkers spends a lot of time talking to characters that he's invented for your mid-roll ads and is asking people about their bones and stuff, that could be tough to deal with. And you want to talk to somebody impartial about the stressors of, you know, dealing with creative people in your workplace. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and live chat sessions with your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly phone or video sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with very, very old issues of The New Yorker ever again. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Once more, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And join the party listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash join the party. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now back to the after party. Okay, don't worry. They're sleeping soundly, guys. I did not wake the bees. Okay, good. Amanda, I got a cup of bees. What do I do next? Drink I'll it. I'll put it outside. <laughs> where, where? No, let's interrogate this further. Brandon, where did you get a cup of bees? Eric, I don't know. You just scooped it from the hive. Whoop. Put it outside. They hang out. Okay, they're outside. It's all good now. Oh, phew, phew. <laughs> Brandon, will you sound design that of you putting the bees outside? <laughs> no, because I would have to do it. <laughs> Julia, can you sound design now bees going from inside to outside? Mm -hmm. No. Let's put a low buzz like to the left for the rest of the Oh, no. Everyone drive. This is going to be a hazard for anyone who's driving right now. <laughs> Let's get into some more game and character questions. So Blue Moss on Twitter says, we made jokes about Val having a sidekick this episode, but I'm curious, <laughs> if each of your characters had the chance to take on a sidekick, who would they be? I mean, mostly in terms of superhero identity, but if you have like actual NPCs you could ask, that also works. Threadbear, the tiny bear made of yarn. <laughs> It'd be so adorable. Explain how they would work with your aesthetic. Um, I mean, do psychics need to? Like, does Robin ma match with Batman? I, I mean, he's so. an unpowered person who has tech and, and fights with martial arts. And both yeah. of their names are, are small, outdoor, flying animals. Mm. Yeah, but Batman is like 
dark detective and Robin is like multicolored. Sure, the early Robins were, but if you start thinking about like Nightwing and like Tim sure. Drake's Robin and sure. Damian Wayne. Yeah. Not to um actually you, Brandon, but. So then I think Threadbare would like disappear and reappear by like unspooling, you know? That's cute. And like the yarn going across the ground or whatever. That's terrifying. That which fits to your aesthetic. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Also, Miles a bear. <laughs> In this universe, Killanova is also a bear. We haven't had an opportunity to do this in the game yet, but I think multi-tool would work really well with a sidekick who does really good, like up close damage, and then mm. I could use my like slingshot or trampoline, you know, or or extendo functions to sure. like drop them in places, or you know, uh, slingshot them places, or be a trampoline and like bounce them places. That'd be really fun. I love that. that. Would it be a person? Would it be an animal? I feel cannonball. Like Their adding... name is Cannonball. Mm. Their name's Cannonball, and I think they are a raccoon. They, <laughs> get, they, they can get roll round, good in darkness, bandit appearance, sure. and then when they get all up there, they scratch and claw. <laughs> they have thumbs. Don't want a face full of raccoon now, do you? No. Yeah, that's quite true. Thumbs, I bet they'd have very high dex checks. Mm. <laughs> My instinct is to go for like an also very strong person who can like throw me fastball special style like colossus and wolverine in the x-men but also the idea that just popped into my head was seafood hero and i was like huh, <laughs> let's go with that cool. julia yeah seafood what? hero Con- feels continue. like continue no no like, like Eric, a longshoreman oh sorry julia what <laughs> so i'm thinking of we mentioned a lot of my hero academia in this episode i was just I'm thinking gonna say of this, sun yeah. eater who gains the powers of any food that he eats. So, for example, if he oh, eats very like good. calamari or like octopus, he gets tentacles. Is he <laughs> sticky? Is he always a little bit sticky? Mm-hmm. Always a wow. little bit sticky. The seafood hero, I was just going to say, is 100% my hero academia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's like like uh, like King Crab, the seafood hero. <laughs> King Crab crushes you with his arms, but don't get too close or you get that butter all over. Yes. That was the name of my band in high school. King Crab? Yeah. Butter that all over? That's actually true. <laughs> what? No. What? Really? King Crabs, yeah. Wow. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. I can't believe your your <laughs> real band was Butter. Brandon. <laughs> I can't believe your real band in high school was Butter all over. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how we slowly learn more and more about Brandon. Where Brandon's like, actually, uh, you said something true. It's like you're <laughs> like you're you're walking around in a dark room and you put your hand on something. That's what I feel. That's how I feel. And I like the fact that because it's me, even if I say something's true, do you think do you know it's real? Are you sure it's true? You could be lying to all of us. Is your name really Brandon? Who can say? Who can say? I, I actually did take a look at Brandon's ID card when we were working together and his real name is actually Brampton. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That explains it all. The D is that it was actually back upside down. It was reversed. <laughs> it's Brampton. Amanda, save us. Save us from this mess. <laughs> uh, I've just been enjoying myself. Well, let's just get deeper in our in our pop culture rabbit hole then. Moss on Instagram asks what our characters' opinions on the DC TV shows are now that we are superheroes. The, these are like the used to be like on the W Arrow, 
flash for the, the flash yeah like that i know julia and i really liked the flash show the flash show is very good val fucking loves the harley quinn animated series that's <laughs> yeah. not even a question val loves it so much val wants to date poison ivy from that show sure i bet Hitomi could dress up as Poison Ivy for Halloween. Oh, bet. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a fucking Halloween-ass costume is Hitomi and Val dressed up as Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Oh, God. And, ever, and like, if you know that Val is Vulcani, you're like, you are playing with fire. But everyone else is like, <laughs> oh, my God, cute costume. <laughs> I was thinking about this question a lot because it's like, you know how wild it is when you watch Riverdale and you're like, that's not what high school is like. <laughs> like, I can only imagine it's like a hundred times more oh, for superheroes. Oh, I see. I see. I misunderstood the point of the question. Agreed. No, this is just how I was seeing how I was seeing it. It would be like, this must be wild seeing like the CW, HBO, Max version of your life being rendered yeah, right. like this, where it's like all kisses and, and like lots of shadows. Milo's like, I've never once kissed. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I don't know what your high school was like, but mine was just all kisses and shadows. That <laughs> was just screaming at the Supergirl show, being like, everyone would know that's her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. But no, that's just how I interpreted like the incredible dramatizing of your of your actual life. No, I truly love that. That's meanwhile, great. I think the reality is more like Doom Patrol, where everything is uh, there's only one competent superhero, and everything else is a comedy <laughs> of errors. <laughs> Very true. You're like, I wish Brendan Fraser was on my superhero team. That would be great. I do. I do. This comes from Michelle Spurgeon. Um, Brandon, is part of the fun of just this whole thing setting yourself up for the pain via goofs, or do you forget how Eric can be? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I am uh, famously known, I have memento disease, so I forget that Eric is, I forget how Eric can be every time. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, do you think about the little temptations for player Brandon in the game? I don't have to give Brandon temptations. He'll <laughs> do something else. Um, I'm more like... I want to feel like this is justified. I don't want to punish Brandon for doing wild shit. There's like a very fine line in all games, but I think that it's even harder in a recorded game because you don't want a chaotic player who's going to do something insane and throw everything off the rails, but you do want original and strong choices. And I think Brandon always makes strong choices. And I'm at the point where I can deal with this as a DM. Brandon, Brandon's been my player for a very long time. I think that spoilers for campaign one, but I realized that there was a moment, Brandon, I don't know if you remember, when in Bachelorette Party, where the Tracy like wanted to fucking bail because there was no reason for Tracy to be there at all. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you were like, I want to see what happens or I want to see what you do with this. And I was like, okay, I can give you something. But you always want to make sure your players have something they want so you can dangle something in front of them to give them intention. But, like, I'll let Brandon make strong choices as much as he wants. It's, it's Unfortunately, it's the dice fault that he keeps rolling so low. That's true. Yeah, I think the the bit in Bachelorette Party is a little bit more on the side of, like, not fun, chaotic character. Like, because I was still learning how yeah. to play, really. But I think, yeah, Eric and I, because we've both known each other and played D&D together for so long that like now we have this like private like tete-a-tete -tete where we like I push a little bit one way to see if you'll push a little bit the other way and then if we could end up in the middle and somewhere interesting or like in a third place and somewhere interesting then that's that's great that's what we want to do yeah like there is definitely a fine line between 
like what Eric said of like, I'm trying to make strong and original choices always because I want to both push where D what D and D is like, I find it boring if I'm just like, you know, I cast a spell that does damage. Like that's, that's boring to me. So like, I'm always trying to find that middle ground of, of what's interesting and possible within the rules and also interesting and possible within Eric's world. That's not going to break anything. Um, and also be fun for the listener. So yeah. it's it's a lot of trust in Eric. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Is like you got to be able to trust your your DM, and I trust you that you're not gonna fuck me up. And like we'll just see we'll see what happens. Yeah, I also want to emphasize it's the rolls. Also, if Brandon was rolling better, things would go differently. Remember, <laughs> Brandon rolled a nat one, which is how, why he got disadvantage on perception checks, and then the the mechanic Brandon wanted exploded on him, and that's why he got thirty damage from Wendy's shadow. So it's just like I don't want to adjudicate whether or not strong choices are good. I the dice tell me whether or not what happens next. So yeah. I don't want anyone to think that like I'm punishing Brandon, but like it's fun. It's fun. I think it's, <laughs> I, hope, I think it's hilarious. I hope no one thinks that. Like I don't ever feel punished, and I'm definitely not. I I might have said that on mic because it's because I was joking, but no, I'm never punished. Eric's never punished <laughs> me for anything. Just like in my DM heart, I'm like I really hope Brandon doesn't think I'm punishing him. No, not at all. <laughs> It's like, but if he does something wild, like, it's going to be a hard roll. Like, that's the, that is the thing. Here, this is a great yeah. example. How about throwing the, the treat at Mega Muncher? <laughs> yeah. Here's, here, this is always the thing a DM can do. You can say, this is wild, roll on it. <laughs> and, like, the, a lot of, I got this from Dimension 20. Brendan Lee Mulligan says to Allie Beardsley, roll a nat 20, see what, if you roll a nat 20, yes. I just love that it's a fuck around, find out what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you don't want to do it. I you never want to do it in a situation where if you roll below like a nat twenty, you get a lot of damage. It's always like see, it, it, it's either yes or this does not happen. Yeah. So that's why I said I'm like, hey, roll. I'm gonna give you a fifteen percent chance that Mega Muncher eats this because you told me that you tricked me to say that Mega Muncher loved eating concrete, <laughs> and I want to see and I want to see what happens next. I think it's also important in that instance something to point out that Eric does a lot is to reinforce to your player that like, hey, I love this idea. I'm on your side. This is super fun. It's still hard as fuck to actually do in reality. <laughs> yeah. It should never be like, wow, this is going to fuck up my shit, or I have to do a lot of improv to fit this into the thing. It's just like, let's see what the dice says. Like, it's, yeah. that's not, it's not my call. It is very important. That's I, the beauty of the game. Yeah. There's also just like a lot tied up, and we just said a lot of things about like chaotic choices, ma the implication of magic users in Dungeons and Dragons, that magic users just cast spells, but those spells are, inc all spells are incredibly OP. <laughs> and if only there was a place for us to talk about the crunchiness of Dungeons and Dragons more. Oh, oh. Mm. that'd be really what nice if like for our existing patrons, because we love and support them and appreciate them so much, and they, they keep the show going if we were to... I don't know, just come up with something, uh, some extra content that they can really enjoy that, that delves into the crunchier side of TTRPGs. We could mm. call it Granola Party. <gasps> Nailed Ooh. it. For the crunch. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know what, guys? Don't throw this one out. <laughs> Let's keep this one on the board. Granola Party is going to be our Patreon exclusive where Amanda just like shares recipes now. <laughs> That's the next one shot IDM, and it is once more going to be uh, all about Bigfoot. I, I thought it was Amanda straps a GoPro to herself and goes on a hike and just talks about how the hike is going. And it's just like three <laughs> hours unedited. Like, look uh, at that leaf. Look at that leaf. Damn, look at that leaf. A lot of heavy breathing in between saying, oh, look, there's a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad my brain 
brand is strong enough that all three of you associate the word granola with me. <laughs> Out of all of us, it's definitely the hundred percent. That's true. You. Julia does some good trail snacks when mushroom hunting, though. I do. It's mostly almonds, though. Just like packs of almonds, maybe some craisins. And mushroom hunting is what you call doing mushrooms. Yeah, oh, that's when I take some mushrooms and then I get really high and I go into the woods. <laughs> Lots yeah. of really good snacks. I had, a, I had a dream last night that I'd take care of a bunch of baby birds and I had to like walk <laughs> around my neighborhood finding suitable like seeds and nuts to give them. And I didn't give them the mix I had at home because it had dried cranberries. And I was worried about the sugar. Because you, you could just pick the little cranberries out of the... Y'all, this yeah, episode I think is I was wild. worried. I think I was worried about about the uh, like residual sugar. Being, yes. Yeah, or it like being organic enough. I don't remember. Anyway, let's move on to clarification corner. <laughs> Bernie MPI on Twitter says, "Question I have too. Uh, did I miss it? Are there two kinds of one up mushrooms? A one up and a like negative one? Because wouldn't that boost the power to the items if Des were to use a one up mushroom on them? I'm just gonna say this, and hopefully it's not spoily. Let's go." One, when you eat a one-up mushroom, it improves your powers. That is something that we've that we've established. Also, one-up mushrooms have bioelectric power within it, which it can be used as a battery. Maybe for those of you who have bought the uh, Hello Lake Town City, this is something we've ex- touched on a little there with Jaw Justice, who is a bioengineer who powered her giant mechanical jaws and uh, and punching helpers with the energy from a one-up mushroom also it seems that the bear spray that aggie has is also made up of one-up mushroom stuff that might be connected to some of the stuff that the youtubers had as well those that's all purple that is the color of this and it seems like it's all put together so and the color of your energy whoa and Purple is the color of your energy. So these all things are tied together. They're used for different things. The 1-Up Mushrooms have a lot of different uses. So it's a little loose in that, but I think that there is a a certain amount of science-ness that happens here that you can all be used for. Like you you, you process 1-Up Mushrooms and they become negative mushrooms. So same, same mushroom, but different applications, perhaps. Soup Dumpling would like to know, as a building professional, are there equal and accessible access other than that shitty elevator? <laughs> I, I think that's the historic <laughs> elevator, and there is also a good elevator that perhaps we did not know was there. Yeah, there are, there are access. I was very clear. I, in my head, there were other working elevators. That was just the elevator that had been there since the, the creation of yeah. the building. And there's definitely like a freight elevator or something like that. As well, yeah. For sure. There's also a fun, because the building is square, there's a ramp that starts at the top and just goes all the way down that you can go down because it's fun. <laughs> oh, like the Gug- like the Guggenheim. Yeah. yeah. I, love that. I, love I almost that. said the Gutenberg, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> oh, I no. Guess. Is the Guggenheim the Gutenberg now? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, damn. Did you all know that I worked at the Guggenheim as what? part of an art installation? What? What? <laughs> yeah, there was a, it was like a living art installation where you talk to people through different generations as you walked up the Guggenheim. And I was this was in college and I just like I did it for fun. It was I so I had like a Guggenheim ID for a little while. It was super That's cool. fun. That's cool. That's awesome. It was. But no, Brandon, I love that. I also want to give uh, 10 D- Dungeons and Dragons points to Brandon, who prompted me asking me for more details about what eight square plaza looked like one of the things i'm working on as a dungeon master is describing things better fashion and people and places more and i appreciate being prompted to do that because i I was trying really hard to paint a picture with my words can i exchange my 10 points for an eraser 
No, you can only get a sticky hand. That's oh, no. That's cool. That's good. I like sticky. A little hands. bit of lint on it, though. Yeah. It gets unsticky after like three uses, so be careful. <laughs> Adding that to my items. <laughs> sticky hands. It does 1d1 damage. <laughs> to, to you, though. To the wielder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it slings back at you in the face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Onion underscore federal on Insta, great name, says, what software do you use to design your Insta posts and how did you get into it? Ah. Uh, uh, you've activated Eric's trap card. Well, uh, we're going to leave. Eric, you got it? <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 all right, cool, thanks. Uh, hey, y'all fucking buy ads on our podcast, Canva, y'all. Canva is the best. I I've been trying Canva. to get them to have ads on the podcast. So listen, sponsored or not, we love Canva so much. Tweet at Canva and say that Join the Party loves them. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I saw an ad for Canva on Hulu while I was watching the other day. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw one recently on television as well. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. But yeah, Canva has a, uh, a pro plan where you can save like your color schemes and use more assets. But the free one is also really good. Mm-hmm. And then before we get into the end of the show, Christian the Just Okay on Insta said, I just wanted to say that Join the Paper inspired me to ask spicy questions at my executive's Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Literally nothing makes me happier to hear than this. Excellent. Very incredible. Incredible. A plus. Tell us the questions. (laughs) Tell us the the tight questions that you did. Yes. We'd love to know. Mr. CEO, what the fuck? (laughs) Hey, uh, when you were giving yourself a massive bonus, uh, why did you cut our hours? <laughs> yeah. Before we go to Spoily Corner, I want to give a quick shout out to some content that we've been doing and Multitude on Spirit specifically. I've talked about this on Twitter a little bit. Yom Kippur is coming up. Rosh Hashanah just went by. For those of you who don't know, the most important holidays in the Jewish calendar, like it's the, the new year and then Yom Kippur is where you repent and fast and all that stuff. Gen Con, one of the largest uh, nerd conventions in the entire world, if not the country, uh, decided a while ago that they were going to keep their 2021 convention and it was going to run during Yom Kippur. And on its face, one that fucking sucks. But the other things that happened because of that is two Jews reached out to them and told them that that sucked and they were like, Oh, um, well, instead, we're going to do Yom Kippur services there. Would you like that? Is that good for you? And no, that's not good because I'm fasting. And why would I spend the most important one of the most important holiday in my religious calendar at a convention with lots of other people while I haven't eaten for 25 hours and I you're not allowed to like shower and wash yourself. So, no, I don't want to do that in front of other people. And then three, when places ignore the voices of Jews, is it an opportunity for anti-Semites and and Nazis and white supremacists to be like, oh, they're good, I like them, and to pile on. So it's quite, it's a whole thing. So some counter-programming for those of you who are not going to Gen Con because they fucking suck, check out the episodes from Spirits with uh, Rena Rosner on Folktales, Jewish Magic, and Women Being Heroes, and Veronica Shanus on Jewish Fairy Tales. You, You guys, those were two particularly wonderful uh, interviews and I wanted to point some direction about like hey your fantasy once again does not need the Catholic Church in it and uh, try to find some writers that do that as well and for uh, Rena Rosner and Veronica Shanus or two uh, that are doing some really cool shit and uh, they went on spirits and talked about it that's awesome listen to the apps buy their books they're really really good I also recently read a com- a article on the conversation from um, an assistant professor of religious studies and Jewish studies at the University of Colorado Boulder um, that was just like an explainer of the Jewish high holidays, which as someone who grew up in Texas and didn't know any of this stuff, it was a really great little primer on on all of it. So y'all should go look that up and educate and learn more about it. 
Yeah. That sounds great. We'll put it in the episode description. Also, read my article from Alma that I, I wrote about. Say, Eric, G- have you written about Judaism <laughs> the fantasy, baby? Hey, uh, weird that other websites other than Jewish websites don't want my pitches about the way that Judaism interacts with uh, fantasy and role-playing games. Weird. But I did write that one on Alma, so you should all check that yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So click down in the description. Give yourself a little day of, uh, of counter-programming. And right on. All right, let's go to Spoily Corner. Have an easy fast, y'all. All right, I'm hopping into it. Whoop. I'm here. Okay, are we ready? Are we feeling feeling it? Feeling good? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> From DC McIver on Twitter. I know you said eight square plaza is named after the types of bricks used to construct it, but I can't help but think of it as eight squared is 64. My mind jumps to computers, 64-bit, gigabear, any connection? Who can say? Brandon My mind is, is blown. Shaking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is for all of you. This is the Matrix trailer for me. Like, you fucking (laughs) (laughs) open up my mind. Emma Murrin on Insta Does Byron Zorn have powers since everyone else who is targeted by the yarn does? And also, is he named after Swedish painter Anders Zorn? Ooh, who can say? Uh, Byron Zorn is X O R N. That is based off of an NPC. Y'all, I do use NPC names for those of you at the ten dollar tier. I want you to know, I do not shout oh, them out. That was a patron name. That was a patron oh, name. Someone, yeah. someone had the word na- uh, Zorn in their name, so I used that. It's a cool name. Just want you to know, I do use those names. I might not shout it out, but I definitely do. Yeah, definitely listen and find them. And if it sounds anything remotely like your name, it's probably your name. <laughs> Mila Pive on Insta is yarn evil now. I have to know. Who can say? Yes, all knitters are now evil. Sorry, guys. The question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, was Emily and company kidnapped or were they conspirators? Michelle, I'd fucking like to know. Mm. Me too. Okay? Okay? Jill Barten on Insta, what's up with Des? What he was seeming sketch? And Cara Custodio, for how freaked out Des was about the time loop, why was he so willing to mess with the OnePlus mushrooms? Hmm. Who can goddamn say? I will say just as a little, maybe I can I can say, Des was freaked out by the time loop because his dad, who he has tough times with, and his uh, maternal figure were messing around with time and it freaked him out. So that's that, but that doesn't have anything to do with the plant mushrooms, maybe. His maternal figure being Dr. Morrow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Jaya, I'm slowly working my way through this week's ep, and I have a very silly Milo flavor question. And uh, Jaya, I do see your pun there, so you're, you're not off the hook. Brandon, you said that when Milo casts gaseous form, he turns into a cloud of interstellar dust, which I love. But I can't stop thinking about how space dust smells like beef. I can tell you why, but it's not relevant right now. Does this mean that every time Milo casts a spell, he smells vaguely like cooked cow meat, or is gaseous form more of a visual effect? <laughs> I thought space smelled like raspberries. Hang on a sec. Maybe different parts of space smell like different things. Have we considered that? I think that that the answer needs to be who can say. <laughs> no, I want to know for certain whether or not Milo smells like hamburgers or raspberries. <laughs> uh, let's just say that maybe it's a hamburger with like a raspberry barbecue sauce on it. Okay. Still wild thing to smell randomly in a fight. <laughs> Sadow TPD on Insta, is Des going to be able to strip powers away from stuff after his contraption blew up? Who can say? Or Who people. Say? Uh, yikes. And a lot of good ones from Maureen here to close us out. Is it safe to assume that everyone but January is accounted for? We were kind of vague on Hitomi and Tegan. We're not quite sure. Also, did a version of the battle exist where January was more involved or monitored and didn't disappear? Would someone else have gone missing instead? Mm. Who can say? Who can say, Maureen? Truly, who can say? Who can say? And then, oh, this one just came in hot from, uh, I'm seeing several dozen people. Eric, what the fuck? January better be okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> better be okay. Yeah, Eric. Better be okay. Mm, yum, 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 yummy. Thank oh, no. you. All right. Oh, we're, yummy. We're feeding the beast, guys. We got to get out of here. Mm, yummy. Thank you. After party. I appreciate it. Do you want my cup of bees? <sighs> mm, bees. Thank you. <laughs> buzz, Gross. buzz, buzz. Mm, bees. Buzz, 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 buzz. All right, everybody. We'll see you in just a week with the continuation of our next story episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Later. May your roles trend ever upward. Yummy. Bees. <laughs>